Hello, and welcome back to the Vanquisher's Guide. I'm Randy. And I'm Bryce. Hello, everybody, for another week. Uh, Yes, welcome. I'm Bradley. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, we are doing the continuation of last week's theme, last week's episode, which, uh, if you listened last week, you're already up and ready and you're familiar, but we're continuing with Thunderbirds. I don't know if you've ever heard of those guys. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, what are you doing? Yeah. Go listen to that one first and then listen to this one. Because last week we were talking about a really cool bird. And this Mm -hmm. week we're talking about a really cool bird. So if you want to know Mm -hmm. about two really cool birds, go back and watch the first episode. And I'm sure you will never be able to guess what last week's really cool bird was. It's a pretty niche topic, pretty niche creature, so... Like, Good luck I, trying I, to figure it out. Idol is literally like right below <laughs> this one. So, yeah, you're spoiling the surprise. They just have to blindly click on their screen until the next, the last one plays. That way, they all they'll never know. But <laughs> could you imagine the things you would accidentally play by just randomly clicking on Spotify? Oh, oh man, man. My, my phone already like uh, randomly like opens apps when it's in my pocket. Does it? So. Oh, oh man, this is the worst. Mine, mine will like randomly like open text messages and then just send like random letters to people. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> okay then. Mine does that to be fair all the time at the gym, and so I just have to like constantly take my phone out of my pocket, and, like leave it on the floor, or otherwise it'll just start like switching songs and playing things randomly. At the right. worst times. So the worst. Yeah, man. it's kind of the worst, but not to be. Uh, that not that the gym has anything to do with this or Spotify really has anything to do with this. So we can Ryan, get back on topic. To, you just wanted to to flex that you went to Definitely. the gym. Definitely flex on us, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is the absolute reason. Not because it's a huge pain in my butt and drives me crazy when it happens. Right. So to finish the reveal though. It was Phoenix last week. Oh, nice. <laughs> we revealed it completely. <laughs> I was gonna leave it up to the mystery. No. But all right. Yeah. Last week, so last week was Phoenix's. Uh, Phoenix Eye, what is the plural for Phoenix? I don't know. We didn't, I didn't look into that one. I realize I've I think lacked that study. A, uh, phonics, a, phonics, yeah, oh, um, phonics, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh my gosh, I love Brett. <laughs> um, I actually uh, just learned that uh, octopus is the plural for octopus, not octopi. I, yeah. from from what I've seen, actually, that it can be either one. If I th- thought last I read, it just kind of depends on the scientist. Incorrect. In uh, my episode on Krakens, we actually covered this. And oh, yeah, well, you expect me to pay attention? Come on, is incorrect. And octopuses is. is correct. So, uh, I swear, there's a second one that is possible. Is is uh, acceptable? It may not have been octopi, but I swear there was it, another term. You could probably but. get away with an applause of octopus. Octopus. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm here for the applause. So yeah. Um, anything else? The, man, now I it just so curious as to what the plural for phoenix is, and also what the name of a flock of phoenix eye phoenixes what? is. Could be a firestorm. It's got to be like a firestorm, and then obviously a thunderstorm is got to be or a, a thunderbird that plural is got to be like a thunder of uh thunderbirds or something like that or a storm of thunderbirds that's what it's got to be a storm of thunderbirds and a firestorm of phoenix eye phoenixes i don't know uh, so apparently 
like according to a quick Google search that might be incorrect, like 50-50 chance, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, let's... This random website says it's called an odyssey. Yeah. An odyssey of... Phoenixes is called an odyssey. Thank you. That's, that's way less exciting than a firestorm, I'll be it's, honest. It's kind of cool. It, I mean, it's cool. I think it's pretty cool. It's cool, but like, I feel like it doesn't really fit very, like succinctly with them it doesn't really make a whole ton of cohesive sense but i guess odyssey works yeah does seem kind of random but mm. well they are it works. it's from the it's from greek mythology which uh, it might be from greek mythology Maybe. we'll find out more about that in last week's episode <laughs> i'm just assuming our our <laughs> listeners are so you know like Listen, listen to every so single they, one of already, our episodes. Yeah, they've already course. listened. They're like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. I mean, but it could have been from Egyptian mythology as we covered last week. It's possible. Like, since it possibly, like, there, it was involved with Greek mythology. That's true. Is a very um, used word in that mythology. That's true. That's true. So, well, enough with the. Uh, the phoenix they had their time in the sun last week pun intended uh this week's we're going to move aside from the phoenix and focus on their uh bigger brother literally bigger because these guys are freaking massive yeah uh and talk about the the american version because these these guys are from the american folklore and native american tribes specifically their really cool mythology of the thunderbird so this not being the car what'd you say this not being the car oh right thunder you know the no not being the car car thunderbird yes not Not being the car not being the plane the world war ii plane uh neither of those unfortunately we are talking about the living breathing and by unfortunate creature, because this thing is way cooler than those. I uh, yeah, way that's so true. Cooler. So cool, so true. So speaking of the much cooler version of the Thunderbird, uh, it sounds like you guys are relatively familiar. At least you know the idea of what a Thunderbird is, right? I mean, I feel like the the idea is in the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like a it's like a bird enwreathed in electricity, right? I don't honestly know too much beyond that. I mean, you got a lot right there. That's 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 a fifty percent of its identity right there in the title. I would say um, it's like a, a Zapdosy creature. <laughs> oh, nice! Very well done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know a hundred percent, but I would say pretty definitively. I would be willing to bet that Zapdos from Pokemon is oh, inspired I, by this guy. I like. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I don't know 100%, so I'm not going to say, like, definitely, because it's possible. There's a lot of the Pokemon creatures that are based off of Japanese lore and Japanese mythology and just, like, things in that area. So it's possible that there's something in that area of the world that is kind of close to this, and therefore they pulled the inspiration from that. But I would say it's pretty, definitely shares some likenesses with uh, Zapdos, for sure, the Thunderbird. But... The Thunderbird, for those of you who have never heard of it, uh, where have you been? What are you doing with your life? Um, it is considered like a very powerful supernatural being. 
depending on the folklore, depending on the mythology or what uh, stories you're pulling from, sometimes it's just a really powerful supernatural being. Sometimes it's a very powerful, very real being, like not uh, ghostly or otherworldly, just like a member of the animal kingdom that just is strong. And then some of them, uh, some of the stories make it more deific and much more like uh, either a god or a relative of the gods. So depending on which lore you go with, it can change kind of what it is. But in modern times, it has kind of twisted a little bit and has become more of a cryptid kind of a creature. So in modern times, it is, yeah, it's kind of fallen more along with I think, I mean, at least there's got to be a couple people out there looking. So people are searching the skies, watching for the thunder. Yeah, looking for a thunderbird by storm and Bigfoot by night. There are um, quite a few people that uh, think aliens have visited us. So I think uh, a thunderbird is a little bit less less crazy. <laughs> really? You would say thunderbirds are more possible, more likely to exist than aliens? Old claim. Really? I would claim that. Interesting. Yes. Fascinating. Because huh. eels exist. Yeah, but that's yeah. different. That's like But so so is literally an a like an alien species or race coming to our little planet in the entire expanse sure. of the universe. Sure. I would love to get your take on that statement after we go through all of the Thunderbird and really to get into what I'm, this creature is it. i'm here for it. and see if you still believe that this creature could exist in the real world because i'm gonna that you might be underestimating its supernaturalness yeah yeah because it's it's a big thing it's a big creature and i think comparing it to an electric eel is an insult oh, of no, like, no, 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 no. Degree. like we have more like there's more things on earth currently that would say hey there might be another electric species out there as opposed to saying that right we don't even know exists which is alien life life outside of this planet that also has the same or has way more technology than us that's able to travel literally light years to okay. happen upon our little tiny planet little tiny galaxy in a tiny little part of our universe i'm just sure. saying like of things that are realistic a thunderbird is not way out there. I, I don't think we're talking about like like electric parakeets, Brad. Right? Like, hey, if, bird, if there was, bro. if there was this an electric parakeet, though, like <laughs> still be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it well, would be, but it's no thunderbird. That's I don't want to get go down the whole rabbit hole and turn this into an "Are aliens real?" episode <laughs> because that's a whole thing for another th day. And maybe we'll cover aliens in another episode maybe. that we can get into. Because <laughs> I'm very passionate about that. I think stealing a line from uh, Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with uh, in the grand calculus in the infinite multiverse, although in this instance, it's just infinite worlds just in the ma massive universe out in space. How could there not be something like that? Like... I feel like the likelihood of aliens existing out in space when there's infinite planets probably has happened. I mean, whether well, they've mean, come why, to Earth, why I don't know. Be a planet full of Thunderbird aliens. That's a great point. I mean, if if evolution 
decided it was useful, then it's possible. Maybe on some 90% water planet, it exists. But I mean, there's a a planet that we just found right recently that like rained molten uh, iron. So, I mean, I'm sure that there's true. that has birds. With I mean, lightning bolts. What is out. it in the uh, in what is it? Jupiter or Saturn? It rains diamonds, I think. Uh, oh, one right. of those planets. Yeah. So it's possible. And I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying. I'm and, and, and bird all the way. Who's to say? Who's to say? Let's let's uh, end this discussion with this. Maybe in the infinite multiverse there are Thunderbirds and they're aliens. By that, like technically, maybe they're like there's a super advanced intelligent species of Thunderbirds out there getting their planes and ships ready to travel <laughs> the universe and come invade us. Maybe in three hundred years there's gonna be Thunderbirds invading Earth. <laughs> I'm here for it, so <laughs> so I think we can agree know. that a Thunderbird alien is more likely than a Thunderbird or just an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll get behind that one. <laughs> okay. So to uh, go into that and, and kind of dive into how crazy these guys are, and divide them further from the comparison of them being just a air electric eel, uh, the Thunderbird is ridiculously powerful he can create thunder just by flapping his wings the force of him flapping makes like thunder claps and uh friction with the air yeah it's like well the static electricity and just like essentially sonic booms just from him flapping his wings and so like as noisy man as he flies he makes like it's so loud that it sounds like thunder as he's moving around. So ridiculously big. Um, and not only does he create thunder with just like flapping his wings, but he also can cast lightning bolts, whether from it, like depending on the stories, it, it changes. But sometimes it's from the tips of his wings that lightning streaks out of it, kind of like a King Ghidorah style from Godzilla. Uh, or he also sometimes throws lightning bolts from his talons. So, oh, so he's like a wannabe Zeus. Exactly. Yeah, cool. yeah. He's definitely a Zeus adjacent for sure. Um, and in fact, there's some stories which we'll go get into a little bit later uh, in the Native American lore where he actually uses those lightning bolts as like a defense mechanism, and he's like uses them to try and help fight other species so it's kind of neat like he is definitely very much like a zeus kind of creature where he's fighting people with thunderbolts and like throwing lightning at them either from his wings or actually throwing them with his talons so he's also to add to the the colossal size of this creature large enough that several legends tell of him picking up whales specifically killer whales in his talons so what's he got against killer whales man i think they taste good i guess i don't know he's just their delicacy i suppose and he's so hungry he they'll pull up entire killer whales out of the ocean and fly away with them so do they normally like live by the ocean or that like seagulls in that manner that is a largely contested theory as to where they live. Uh, 
a lot of the legends and stories talk about them living in the tallest mountains, way high above the clouds. That's what where I people think, can't yeah. see them. Yeah. Uh, problem is, is depending on what culture you're talking to, that mountain changes. And so some of them, it's like it's Mount Everest the, for the few people that knew about it. Other people, it's just like the highest mountain nearby them in the area uh, because the the rule of it's the tallest mountain that is above the clouds is not all that hard of a bar to meet because it's very common for mountains to be tall enough to at least brush the clouds. So it's yeah. that's not the most difficult thing to hit. Uh, some stories, though, however, actually talk about there being a floating mountain that floats above the clouds that like the mountain starts above the clouds and it kind of like floats around the world, this mountain and that that's where they live. So they got uh, so, mountains on their mountains. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, there's some stories that talk about that where they have their own specific special mountain up above the clouds. Kind of like actually now that you've, we've been talking about it, kind of like Mount Olympus. So even more yeah. Zeus adjacent. Um, but depending on the stories, they, they also talk about that. And that kind of explains why they're so hard to find because they're like living on their own private island up in the sky, which is kind of neat. It's but, too good for us, man. Yeah, seriously. Um, but that being said, they're uh, visually very cool looking, uh, as, as well as being humongous in size. They're also usually d described as being bright, colorful uh, feathers, and they have razor sharp talons. And also, which an odd thing for birds specifically, uh, they're described as having teeth. Which is is kind of strange because usually so birds have, have beaks. But do they have a beak and teeth, or do they uh, just have yeah. like some weird set of chompers with uh, some teeth jammed in there? Yeah, no, they've got. Uh, they're described as having a regular beak, but that has teeth in it. So, oh, that's it's, freaky, uh, man. I don't like yeah, that at all. It so my, it kind of. Reminds me of some of the uh, Godzilla creatures, which are like that. Oh, yeah. So. Um, but alongside that, not only do they, I mean, they're really beautiful creatures, but whenever they move around, uh, the Thunderbirds actually bring with them rainstorms. And uh, depending on whether they're in a good mood or a bad mood, whether they're feeling benevolent or not, it could either be like prosperous, good storms that help to grow the crops and just like help every, like the world to recover. Or it could be like colossal hurricane winds, destructive tornadoes and like lightning and fire coming down from the sky. So it depends. The, the Thunderbirds, because of that, have are seen kind of both as a good, but also as a bad omen, depending on which uh version or what mood they're visiting in and whether they're coming with good rain or bad rain okay. which i think is interesting it's also just really cool like since we mentioned like zeus and everything like looking at cultures and before you we were able to understand natural phenomenon and stuff right we have the greeks with zeus we have the norse with thor we have uh indigenous americans with the thunderbird and all 
all, all these different nations, all these different cultures have something to explain what these phenomenon are. And it's cool to see um, that the Thunderbird is around, you know, the ocean or is in um, like mountains and stuff. Cause those are two very likely places that you're going to see thunder and stuff. Exactly. Um, That's and so true, like, yeah. it's just the way that they're able to understand that. And so, of course, that's where they're going to live because that's where you're mm-hmm. going it more often. And it's like just all these cultures. It's just so cool, like how cultures explain. These, right. These yeah. Phenomenon. And at the same time, because uh, like so this is the Thunderbird is primarily a Northern American creature. Uh, most of the stories are told in the Northern American areas, um, specifically across like the native american tribes it does spread out especially later in history as as the world became has become more unified in information it has spread across to other nations a little bit but it's mostly a northern northern american thing and so because of that like on the edges of north america and like some sections throughout the country it's yeah very rainy and things like that so it's very like very often that it could be seen as kind of an annoyance, the Thunderbird, because it's like, oh, it rains here all the time. It's just the worst. We're getting terrible it's just storms. Out over your town uh-huh. all the exactly. time. Exactly. <laughs> but then there's somewhere else to hang out. Yeah. But then there's other sections of the North America where like it's out in the middle of like the like the uh savannah and like we're not actually savannah, because that's just the plains. Actual really. place. But yeah, the plains is what I meant to say, and just use the descriptor. Um, but out in like in the middle of the plains where it's really dry. And they don't get a whole ton of rain and like any rain is coveted out there. It's probably a lot bigger deal when they're like, oh, my goodness, like Thunderbirds visiting us. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. And they think it's a great thing. They view it as like a godsend. And then people on the coasts where it's raining all the time, they're like, oh, this is the worst. These these Thunderbirds just need to get out of here. So I think it's very interesting. That's like not only depending on the year but also depending on where you live the creature could be viewed as either a good omen or a bad omen because depending on the weather you either need it or you don't and it's either gonna help water your crops or it's gonna hurt by flooding your crops which is oh they both ends are never good so but uh along sorry what was that you might get to this later, but no, do you know not. like how uh, deified <laughs> the Thunderbirds were among like the indigenous people? Uh, yes, it's uh, it kind of varies uh, depending on mythology, uh, which we'll talk about here. Um, actually, I, we can go ahead and start getting into it right now. But depending on which mythology we go with, uh, the first one we'll talk about is uh, Algonquin mythology. There's they're either viewed as like almost maybe not quite a, a god, but like right there up nearby the gods. And some of them, which we'll talk about in a minute, they basically view it as just a really powerful natural phenomena slash natural, really powerful creature. Just a normal bird that's got some cool abilities. So it kind of depends on who we talk about. Um, but starting off, we have uh, Algonquin mythology. And in that mythology, actually... The Thunderbird is uh, said to control the upper world, uh, which is the place where all humans live, which is this is the, the world we thrive on. And it is actually like the defender and helps to protect the overworld from 
the creatures that control the underworld, which are, uh, there's two different creatures. There's the Great Horned Serpent, which we've, I think, talked about in a previous episode, loosely. Um, And then there's also the Underwater Panther that they also have. Uh, Both of those creatures, not good. And uh, their whole drive, the Underwater Panther and Great Horned Serpent, is to destroy life on earth specifically human life on earth so the thunderbird his whole drive is to help try and protect the uh world the overworld from those creatures and so for them whenever they saw or felt like the thunderbird was nearby was above them therefore like whenever there was a thunderstorm around it was because the thunderbird was actively fighting for them and using lightning and throwing lightning bolts at these creatures to try and protect them Oh yeah, so, must suck yeah. to be the the horned serpent or the underwater panther. It seems like you're pretty poorly matched up against right? the bird, you know? Exactly. Yeah, especially when like you're trying to crawl your way up from underground, and then there's a freaking any species that has aerial combat is just instantly more adept at like they're gonna win. So yeah. the fact that this guy's like. That's his whole shtick is just like flying over and just like raining down lightning from above. It's like the, like the likelihood of you winning is so slim. Yeah. So. Like also like underwater panther, you know, water and lightning don't mix yeah. too well. And then Not, if you're a snake, that's kind of like the natural prey of a lot of birds, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's the uh, really cool outlook on them. And with that, uh, not only for the Algonquin tribes, not only are they uh, viewed as like the protectors of humanity by, by trying to fight off these creatures, but there's also legends that the Thunderbirds were, are the ancestors of the human race and that the Thunderbirds also helped to create the universe. So that's uh, kind of the, the highest that you can get as far as creatures go on uh, the power level of, they helped to make the universe and are now helping to protect it from any other threat to humankind. So I feel like that's a pretty high bar to be setting for a creature, but I mean, teach their own. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to put on their so- shoulders, but. Um, or their wings, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you put on know, their do wings. You still have shoulders if you have wings. I that's suppose a you do. Great right? question. Do you? Probably. I don't got that know. like joint there that swivels. I don't know, man. Yeah, but I feel like the shoulders. I don't know. I'm I'm not a I'm not an ornithologist. I don't know birds very well. <laughs> so all I know I is either. the the name for the study of birds. I don't actually do it. Um, that was significantly more than I knew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I only know that because of a comedy sketch that I heard years ago where the guy made a joke about ornithology. So <laughs> that's where my knowledge stops. But um, so I don't know birds very well, but maybe they have, uh, I feel like it would be hard to have a sh- shoulder if you don't have like shoulder blades and why would you need shoulder blades if that's what your wing, that's like your wings are that, I don't know. Right. Makes it, uh, who knows? Do I'd birds have wings or do bird birds have shoulders? They have a bird version of shoulders. Cause we don't like, because our understanding of shoulders is just human shoulders, but like that doesn't mean. I mean, but other animals have shoulders. Well, yeah, but that's we're we're looking at like humanoid things, like chimpanzees or something. I assume. Uh, like true. cats and dogs have shoulder blades. I think. Yeah, yeah, 
That's true. That's true. Get get wrecked. Those aren't <laughs> bipedal creatures. You're wrong. Uh, I don't know. If you know if birds have short shoulders, let us know because that right. is going to keep me up at night now forever. I'm this never going to know. An ornithologist or whatever. There you go. If you know an, if you yourself are an ornithologist or you know an ornithologist, let us know because they we'd do. love to. <laughs> Thank <laughs> they you. Do. Uh, yeah. Wow. So it says the collarbone of a bird is fused to form the forculum or wishbone. The shoulder blade of the human is actually a bone called the scapula. Birds have a scapula and they also have an additional shoulder bone called the cornicoid. They have yeah. two shoulders. They have two shoulders. See, that was where I wasn't sure. I, I That was why I got mixed up. I was like, I feel like they could either have zero or twice <laughs> the amount as normal. Yeah. I, I just wasn't it's sure very, which 50, way. 50 with animals, yeah. you know? I, couldn't, I couldn't be sure which way it should swing. <laughs> That's what a weird thing to have. We didn't know if they had any. It turns out they have two. They have four. <laughs> okay. Well, now we know birds have shoulders. And that's a lot to put on them. But I guess the Thunderbird has twice the amount of shoulders to get that weight put on compared to a normal human. So I, maybe they can handle oh, he's it. Fine. He's fine. He's so strong. And plus, he's huge. So he's got it. Yeah, no. um, along with being the potential creator of the universe, which I will double down, the biggest weight you can put on a creature ever. <laughs> um, they're also, as well as having to create the universe... In some uh, lore, they also act as messengers for, like, the higher powers of nature in that lore, which I feel like if you're the creator of the universe, you are the higher power of nature. But yeah, people like message you. You don't have to yeah out the tweets, you know, seriously, you're getting all the emails. You're not like the go between. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good one. Um, But so they've been known to and and I understand the logic between this is so the reason is because like they're creatures that can be able to travel the storms and occasionally like they through the storm are able to both hit the, the sky and earth at the same time and so they're able to carry messages between the earth and the skies so that's why like they're kind of viewed viewed that way as as messengers i feel like but i feel like it does kind of conflict with other mythologies of whether like are they the highest beings in the universe or are they just like uh uh what's his name mercury just running around telling people messages and, and sending text messages for people i don't know yeah i mean you have to look at it at a non-monotheistic point of view where sure probably not one most powerful thing like that like sure that, like a, a monotheistic point of view of no no, no no yeah yeah and like i get that there's other powerful beings in the universe but like i just like when they say the higher powers of the u- nature it's like how can you get more high than creator of the universe i mean creator of the multiverse is that like is that one that's of the what, other powers yeah. of nature that's uh it's just like way up to go i think exactly so. yeah maybe he's maybe they're carrying messages for dr strange i guess i don't know but uh, along with being the messenger boys of the universe, they're also uh, believed to be shapeshifters, which is kind of neat. Uh, so if they get tired of, of being the messenger boys, they can just like go down onto Earth and just pretend to be anything else and just disappear. <laughs> uh, and there's actually some Shawnee tribes that 
believe that they've uh, the Thunderbirds have appeared to them in the form of like young children, young boys specifically, and you can tell that that's that they're a Thunderbird in human form because these children will tend to speak backwards, which is a pretty it's unique trait. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so, I wouldn't be down with that. That's crazy. Right. Now that being said, uh, I don't know. I, I I always love to try and figure out where the like, the origin of mythology comes from, like what like theoretical real world explanation there could be for it. Uh, and this actually reminds me of a real world video that I saw a couple of years ago of a guy who I don't remember. He may have just had a mental disability from birth, or he may have been injured. I can't remember. Um, but he he was mentally handicapped in some fashion, but because of that he had the ability that he could speak backwards like he could speak normally like a normal human being and he was like functioned totally uh fine but he also had this really cool thing where he would like speak forward and then he would say the same sentence backwards if he wanted to and it was like totally crazy like super awesome to see so it could be that it's like came across somebody like that and it just that was their interpretation of it. it was like oh it's gotta be that did it but. literally like sound like you were just playing a video in reverse? Yeah, yeah, it sounded like nonsense. And so, like the video that I saw, like they record it and like they play it for you, and it sounds like nonsense. And then if you play the video backwards, it sounds like a totally normal sentence. So that's so yeah, great. it's so cool. It's the most bizarre, awesome thing ever. But cool. there, is, uh, um, maybe. there, there is something like there are certain people. I think it's like one in a million people have something called savant syndrome yeah that's true uh, too which just makes them like and it usually is usually is in line with people with autism mm -hmm. uh, but it just makes people like incredibly like hyper focus on things and just inc like incredibly good at things so like mm -hmm. there's one guy that's um like a piano prodigy that it's like amazing right. uh, he's blind i think as well which is just even more in insane that's but like, yeah. he's, like amazing at piano right and so you know that could have been just like an early savant syndrome you know trait yeah. that someone had um yeah it's possible yeah i feel i think at least maybe maybe not all of them but there's a uh, many uh like prodigy mathematicians that yeah have, have similar things like that where it's uh, that they can just do math on such a like hugely advanced scale because of things like that so it could have been that it was something like that where they just like ran across somebody who was just like insanely smart and like on a different level and just like was able to speak backwards. And they're like, it's got to be it's got to be a Thunderbird. Only explanation. But I could see it. But are Thunderbirds like so is there like shapeshifting power just they're able to shapeshift into a human or can they just literally shapeshift into like anything they wanted? From all of the stories that I saw, it was only ever referred to them t turning into humans. Um, ah. And that may be because, and that might be a reference, uh, I mean, to the statement I said I mentioned earlier where they were, quote unquote, the ancestors of the human race. So it could right. be that that's how that happened, is that like they can go back and forth between like human form and bird form. Uh, it could maybe they're like bird or were birds, were birds. It could be that that's the situation. Is it like and whenever there's a storm outside, they transform? <laughs> my people cool. need me. I'm turning in. <laughs> I'm transforming, and they turn into a bird. 
you're stuck inside and you can't get outside fast enough. You just like break the roof off of your house because you turn into a giant bird. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's possible that they can turn into other animals as well. And it just is never mentioned. I, I mean, let's be honest, like people can really not, not keep track of where the Thunderbirds are anyway. So they could be going back and forth between Thunderbird and animal form all the time. People would just never notice it. Yeah. But it sounds like whenever they're like going to t- to communicate with humans and like interacting with them, they're in a, a human body form. So, and with that, another way to try and uh, distinguish a normal human person from a Thunderbird person is they're also very serious and, and uh, almost never joke around. Never are they cracking jokes. So if you ever meet somebody who is very serious, down to earth, like very somber person, and they speak backwards, then it's it's a slam dunk. You know that that person's a Thunderbird, hundred percent. If you ever come across that, that is. So far, I've come across uh, some very serious people, but I don't know if uh, they're serious enough to be considered Thunderbirds. I, I think maybe they're just. They're biting their tongue so hard trying yeah. not to speak backwards. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that's why they're really serious and uh, don't talk very much. They're just, if they start to talk, they start to speak backwards. It's like, a, it's either I'm serious and quiet or I'm speaking backwards. Either one isn't good. And people are starting to catch on to both. So I got to be really careful. <laughs> I don't know. And maybe that's why we don't really see either of those uh, all that much anymore is because people caught on to it too much. And they're like, all right, I guess we just don't visit people anymore. They caught yeah. on. The Thunderbirds are not okay with outing themselves all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then another uh, interesting story or another version that the, of Thunderbirds that exists is in the uh, Ojibwe uh, mythology for the Ojibwe tribes. They actually, the Thunderbird is responsible for punishing humans that break moral rules. So anytime that like somebody... It does anything immoral, breaks the law or anything like that. It's the Thunderbirds that are responsible for punishing them. Now, how they do that, I don't know. It doesn't really specify. It's very possible. Like the cool, like godly way is to strike them with lightning. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the other things I was like, I mean, does the Thunderbird just come out of nowhere and just like grab you and fly you off? Just disappear into the storm? I don't know. That sounds pretty bad as well. That that's honestly worse. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, do you like want to get miles an hour like through a intense <laughs> thunderstorm? That's like, terrible. Yeah, yeah. So either way, uh, in that uh, mythology, they're uh, watching out. And although, I, as far as I can tell, they're still responsible for protecting humanity. Now, more than just protecting humanity from other beings and other spirits they're also protecting them from themselves it sounds like which is kind of interesting do you know if they have any like dealings with skinwalkers then that is something i didn't come across um i never heard of any stories of thunderbirds interacting with skinwalkers and and honestly in interacting with anything other than humans and then the uh, horned serpents and panthers. So I never heard of it. It's possible that they did, and I just didn't see those stories. But to be 
honest, and that this is a problem. I don't know if problem is the word that should be used, but this is a symptom of a lot of Native American mythology and lore is a lot of it is very oral and it, it's passed down generation to generation just verbally and doesn't get written down. So there's, I'm sure, tons of stories and tons of legends that exist that we don't know about because it's just never been written down or and the general public hasn't been privy to that those kind of stories and that information well, and there's so. hundreds and hundreds of oh yeah there's tons that, like i mean of course they're gonna have different lores different absolutely different gods and stuff so like um and especially like if you look at different areas i don't i can't tell because i'm not that familiar with the different <laughs> stuff but like from the wendigo uh stories it was mostly like what was like northeastern uh, canada and then like throughout like the south part of canada and then down to like the north part of uh north america or like of, right uh, like the united states and then this seems more like the east coast down to like maybe not maybe i like- don't know coastal and like great plains kind yeah. of right yeah so it could be that they just like never really interacted because of like locations which is possible so it's also just three uneducated people and most uh <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm no expert on any so of this that is just my thought but that could that is a good explanation as as far as i've ever heard it's just that those uh tribes and those mythologies just kind of never really cross paths because of locale and where they lived so yeah i I mean i just i would think that i guess if the two kind of uh histories did cross over you know i imagine the thunderbirds probably would have a bit of a beef with skinwalkers you would think yeah absolutely yeah they i feel like as if they're out there trying to protect humans from other evil creatures evil spirits and themselves as well skinwalkers is right there in that lane of like evil creature evil possible spirit evil person in general doing bad things like that is the thunderbirds like three guys that he's looking for all put into one thing like that is that feels like something that they would be all about so i it makes sense as you talk about like when you mentioned it, it makes sense that they would be paying attention to it i just never heard about it so yeah um in that similar vein of thought, though, there's actually a story uh, c- kind of concluding the the stories of different tribes or different legends that I've heard about them. This one is kind of neat. The Thunderbirds were actually, in, in some of them, their anger was uh, like really emphasized and people talked about how angry the Thunderbirds were and you didn't want to upset them. Uh, one of the stories being told was if you did anger them, there was this... Uh, entire village that apparently i don't know what they did to upset thunderbirds at all but they upset them so much that the entire village was turned into stone for what they were doing dang they can so, turn people to stone yeah there's uh there's apparently something they do i don't know how or why but they turned an entire village into stone and like so because of that or something. yeah because of that now an entire village or like like the surrounding villages and and people told stories of trying to avoid the anger of thunderbirds because of that so yeah pretty cool uh creatures and cool enough i mean again i don't know if i want to put that they're cool enough in their own right but they're also uh 
funny enough, also included in the Harry Potter universe, which similarly, the Phoenix was as well. Not the reason why I chose to do them together. I actually didn't realize that Thunderbirds were in the Harry Potter universe until I was already researching them. I just thought they were cool in and of themselves. But yeah, they're actually included in the universe as of the uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them series and movies. Are they featured in the movies? They are. There is one Thunderbird that appears in the movies, though if you weren't paying attention... Uh, I believe it's the second uh, Fantastic Beasts movies. I believe it's the one where he goes. uh, He so the main character goes to America based off of uh, a tip from Dumbledore, and he goes to try the part of the plot of the movie is that there's a Thunderbird that's kind of like rampaging around slash like was kidnapped, and he goes to try and rescue the Thunderbird and return it back to its like natural habitat. So, well, I definitely didn't pay enough attention to the second yeah. movie to notice something like that. I haven't like even that. seen the second movie. It was but, it was either the first or the second. I can't remember specifically oh, which one. I saw the first movie. I don't well, know specifically the second because I don't think I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You guys clearly are big Harry Potter fans. So, hey, man, I'll, I'll rewatch it. I'll be looking out for the Thunderbird. I want to see. Yeah, so the Thunderbird in the Harry Potter universe, I could see people not really grasping that it was a Thunderbird. I don't remember if they specifically call it a Thunderbird or not, but visually it doesn't scream Thunderbird to me all that much. Uh, visually, is I mean, it looks really cool. Um, they're described as having the head of an eagle. And uh, although in, in the wizarding world, they say that it's got the head of a hippogriff, which is hilarious because the he- hippogriff just has yeah. the head of an eagle. So <laughs> they describe it in... Harry Potter is having the head of a hippogriff and it just means because eagle. hippogriffs are way more prevalent than eagles. Apparently. Exactly. For, <laughs> for some reason, eagles are endangered species, but hippogriffs are everywhere. <laughs> um, and then they also have three pairs of wings, uh, which oh, heck, is, yeah. is crazy. And their feathers actually shimmer in like a weird kind of like translucent, like iridescent kind of fashion across their, the, the, feathers and it kind of looks them kind of like look cloud-like in appearance and their their entire like all of their feathers will change colors based off of how much like energy and and power they're putting through themselves they'll go from like a kind of goldish cream color to like an electric blue and then they can even be like a really dark navy blue as well depending on what they're like if they're focusing on their abilities slash like probably also trying to camouflage as well so so were they like solar powered tesla coils (laughs) (laughs) it's possible uh i don't know where they get their energy from i assume it's kind of like magicians in that universe where they just like get it from like ambient world energy or something like that that's something that's not really ever explained all that much in that universe is where power comes from but it's uh they they're actually powerful enough that like so you know how in the in the main book or book series and movie series there's a lot of different creatures that people use as like the core for their wands Uh, especially like in europe the three creatures are unicorns dragons Dragons. and phoenixes yeah 
over in America, Thunderbirds are often used in uh, the core for wands. Uh, it's it's one of the really powerful creatures that is used for wand making. And specifically, they're really good at casting transfiguration spells, apparently. Hmm. So. Oh, that kind of makes sense. I can mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. Which is, it's kind of neat. And there's actually one specific wizard. Um, we don't know much about them. We don't even know their, like, any kind of story about them. We know their name, and that's it. Uh, and their name is uh, Shikoba Wolf. Uh, they're a Native American witch or wizard. We don't know which. Yeah, not, not, no pun intended. Um, but they were famous for making really, really powerful wands, specifically out of Thunderbird tail feathers. Uh, and they would often have like really, really intricately carved symbols on the wands as well, which was interesting. And so like that person's wands are like really coveted nowadays in America for like the power that they have. So I kind of wish like in the Harry Potter like movies or like even like more of the extended universe like, mm-hmm. is that at least in the cinema, it'd be cool if we were able to see some of the other wizarding communities, you know? Yeah, I'd absolutely. Love to see, like, because the American one like sounds like pretty cool now. Like, they got like yeah. Thunderbirds and stuff. That's super awesome. Yeah, like I would love to. I mean, it might be a little bit redundant because it would be. It would definitely feel like just the American version of Hogwarts if they were yeah. to do the like very similar stories. Want to do it quite is. like that? I don't think. Right. Yeah, you'd have to do something different, which I think is kind of what the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them series is trying to be which i appreciate um Mm. because we do get more information on the american wizarding world because of that series uh but it would be cool to see like the in-depth looks of well what is the wizarding school of in america like like because we know the name of it um it's liberal livermore livermore i don't know how to pronounce it honestly it's it's livermore i believe school of witchcraft and wizardry Maybe not um, the best name, but you know. Yeah, it's also got an I and an L right next to each other. So when those are capitalized, it looks just like I I. It's confusing to me, but maybe that's just because I'm dumb. Um, but we know the name of the school, and it's actually along that same lines, like in that vein of thought. We know the house names and the house animals for that school because in uh. America, rather than going with like four people's names that like founded the thing, they instead went with four magical creatures that like stand for the houses. Oh uh, heck yeah, that's so yeah. much better. It I is mean, like, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, Hogwarts is like cool and all, but like well, I guess I should probably like do you know what they were? Yeah, Keep so the uh actually. Yeah, that's that's where I say it. it's kind of cool to an extent. Um the four houses for the American school of wizardry the first one is thunderbird of course nice uh, yeah and that i feel like is the like that's the gryffindor equivalent or like the analog for it uh then the next one is the wumpus school or uh, house mm. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, wumpus is basically it's like a cat it's like a magical cat okay and uh i mean it's a big cat it's not just like sure. a normal size cat but and then we have the Horned Serpent house, which if we remember uh, back to lore of Thunderbirds, that's kind of interesting choice. Right. Gotta have like a Slytherin. Uh, exactly. That's, one, I guess. 
That's the Slytherin analog. And then we've got the Puckwoodgie uh, house, Ooh. which that house is the one where I'm like, I just, I don't is know. It, I, is it like a magical beaver or something? Or? The the, the Puckwoodgie, <laughs> as far as I can tell, is like kind it's a, seems like a magical elf slash goblin slash kind of creature. Uh, it kind of looks like a humanoid porcupine or a, uh, yeah, porcupine. Awesome. Yeah. So like they're kind of cool looking. I just know so little about them, and it feels like the others are like very much animalistic creatures. And then we've got like basically kind of feels like a house elf as the house uh, creature, which I'm like that feels weird to me. But I mean, I guess to each their own. But those are the uh, four houses for the American. School of Wizardry. I so I think it's kind of neat. In uh, in Hogwarts, mine's literally a badger. So I'd take I'd take anything. I mean, mine's a snake, so I'm good good with mine. So, <laughs> I think mine, uh, mine's a badger too. I think. Or it's a, wow. Uh, you guys, you guys are the worst. Slytherin all the way. Let's go. Well, uh, well, fun fact. Um, that we're Slytherin friends, is the best so, house. No, well. Sure, I guess. But Hufflepuffs and Slytherins make the best friends, according to uh, the Harry Potter. Yeah, it's because you guys are just pushovers and you just do whatever you say. <laughs> that is let's like... be honest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, I'm just going with what the lore so says. True, it's man. just the way that it is. Um, but yeah. So the uh, Thunderbirds, very interesting creatures in the American uh, school of witchcraft, witchcraft and yeah. wizardry, um, and very well respected and revered. Uh, so much so that, like, especially after the events of the movies, which we see, and I don't want to go too much in depth because I feel like most people, except for you two, have seen these movies and know what happens. Um, <laughs> what do you so mean? I'll give you, I'll I've give you the, all, yeah, well, apparently not. I'll give you the abridged Sparknotes version of apparently in the year 1926, Dumbledore, our beloved man, uh, told our other beloved man, Newt Scamander, that there was a Thunderbird that was being moved around to, for, for trafficking. And so Newt went to go to rescue him, gave him a name, and then after he traveled to America, he intended... Uh, so this was in Egypt that they were being... that he was being moved around. So then he moves... He, uh, Newt Scamander goes to America to try and, like, return him to his natural habitat. He gets out. A whole bunch of stuff happens. And a bunch of uh, people try and stop Newt Scamander from doing what he's trying to do because although he's trying to do a good thing, he's also like kind of exposing a lot of magical creatures to the regular world, which is a big no-no in that universe. Yeah, I don't think uh, so. Like that. He they try to stop him. He ev evades them. Eventually, the uh, Thunderbird kind of gets out and causes a giant storm across the. Uh, I think it's New York City that they're in. And in doing that, he the rainstorm that the Thunderbird creates is also laced with a venom of another creature, I believe, that kind of creates a massive, like, mind-wiping storm across all of New York City. So everyone forgets everything, conveniently. And so because that of that... very convenient. Yeah, because of that, they're like, okay, I guess and nobody remembers anything, so you're good to go. You're free to leave. So he leaves, goes to... Uh, Arizona, which is where in the wizarding world the Thunderbirds live, and he returns Frank, the 
Thunderbird really to his natural. Frank? Yeah, that's his. That's that's what he names him, oh, Frank the Thunderbird. Man, and hey, man, Arizona is for phoenixes. Phoenix yeah, well, Arizona. apparently, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, is also the place for Thunderbirds. So, uh, he returns him back to his hometown of Phoenix, Arizona, and lives long and prospers after that. Um, after that whole thing happens because of the danger that this thunderbird was put under um actually the ministry of magic equivalent in america um although i think she has a different name um but that equivalent she is uh her name is uh, madam seferina picuri i i'm gonna totally say that that was not well pronounced but close enough um, she actually declares that the Thunderbird is a protected species, and so therefore nobody can interact with them. They can't hurt them. They can't do anything like that. So, and that was in 1927. So now Thunderbirds are protected thanks to the Wizarding World. But well, that's really good. They probably should yeah. have been protected earlier. But probably, you know. yeah. But I mean, to be fair, they're protected, and uh, Phoenixes still aren't protected in over in Europe. So uh, America has got one thing. I mean. Thunderbirds are ahead on that front, but um, and then other than that, fun other neat things that have happened with Thunderbirds in the Wizarding World. Because other than that main storyline, there isn't really much talked about. Um, but I don't know if you guys remember the main character or one of like uh, important characters in the Hogwarts stories, Luna Lovegood. Remember her? Yeah. After, yeah. After she grows up, she ends up marrying, I think, the nephew of Newt Scamander. And uh, so she becomes Luna Scamander. And she ends up having the same kind of like magical suitcase that he does, that he can like fit like a ton of magical creatures down in a suitcase. And she has several Thunderbirds in her suitcase and accidentally lets them all go while she's visiting Hogwarts again. And like a bunch of Thunderbirds get out in Hogwarts and just cause like a whole bunch of. Uh, panic and and this sounds stuff. terrible. <laughs> yeah, worst case, worse than that is for some reason Hagrid got drew the short end of the stick as usual, and one of them just kind of set up shop above his house and just created a massive thunderstorm right over his house. <laughs> so, poor Hagrid. Yeah, poor, poor guy. Poor Hagrid, Don't know what he did to deserve anything he does, but guy just couldn't cannot catch a break. But so wouldn't they technically be like trafficking Thunderbirds at that point? That is absolutely true. That, yeah, that she definitely was breaking the pretty law. Pretty bad. Like, yeah. She was yikes. definitely breaking the law. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Luna. She just kind of does what she wants and lives what are in the world she lives in. So I feel like it's just you just go with whatever she does and just don't question her because she's just wild. You just but, doing what she do. Exactly. She's just losing her shoes and blaming it on magical creatures and just <laughs> doing her thing. But that's uh, that's Thunderbirds for us, though. They're a really, cre- really cool creature that I thought were uh, worth looking into. And there was far more information to them than I initially realized. Hence, initially thinking that we could uh, we're just going to go over them in just one episode. Turns out uh, more than enough for... Yeah, there's more than enough to be able to cover it all in a different episode by themselves. So a really cool creature. I think uh, I would love to see more of the Hogwarts or or of the Wizarding World in America, if only just to see more of the 
Thunderbirds in that universe yeah, because they're really kind of neat. I mean, the fact and, that they have like six wings is freaking right? awesome. Seriously. There's freaking stealing wings from every other creature. That, that The Thunderbirds are the reason why humans can't fly. Do you think they have 12 shoulders? <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh. Stands yeah. the reason. It makes Enough sense. shoulders for everyone. <laughs> Enough shoulders to carry literally the world on. <laughs> Those guys. So strong. Yeah, I think the Thunderbirds are really cool. And uh, I, I think it's really neat the way that like in the, the Harry Potter universe, they kind of make them almost like because they're already kind of a mirror image of the Phoenix in like mythology. But like in the Harry Potter universe, they really double down on that and like make them even more like opposing creatures, but like at the same time, very similar to each other. Uh, both of them have like life-giving, renewing properties and like healing properties to them. But with the phoenix being able to like return from the ashes and being able to heal via uh, its tears, and the thunderbird ha- bringing like life-giving uh, rainstorms that help to like replenish the earth and things like that in that universe. So like really cool creatures that they, I think, did a really interesting and good job at making feel like creatures that are like opposing but uniformly which i think is cool so sad that we don't get to see them very much both in the harry potter universe and also in real in like real world mythology i wish there was more stories of them and more uh legends that we could uh dive into but unfortunately there's just not a ton to them but gotta gotta bring these back yeah (laughs) make thunderbirds great again but what what's let's get some thunderbirds up in here right they're big enough to pick up a whale like come on that's awesome how is that not cool (laughs) how do we not want to know more about these creatures phoenixes are cool but they're just like a fiery parakeet these guys are freaking (laughs) huge fiery parakeet but uh other than that i think that'll do it for uh us on this episode unless you guys have anything you'd like to quickly add beforehand we're going a little bit long my bad Check us out on Twitter and TikTok, man. Hey, yeah. Stole the words out of my mouth. For any updates or uh, just a good time. If you're rolling Mm -hmm. around over to TikTok, some great, some great funny. And if you'd, if you'd like to, we'd really love it. If you uh, shared this episode or, or this podcast in general with friends that, you know, if you uh, know anyone that's interested in, native american mythology or harry potter maybe if you know someone who's actually watched the fantastic beasts and where to find them movies <laughs> and paid attention them. to them <laughs> maybe you can recommend this episode and they'll listen to it and be like oh yeah i know exactly what they're talking about i know i'm following right along so <laughs> unlike most of the like some people here <laughs> who don't know what's going on yeah but we'd uh, really appreciate that if you did that as well. But yeah. other than that, I think uh, that'll be the end for this week. And we'll catch you next week with another creature. Unlike this week, we uh, the creature next week is going to be a surprise. So no sneak peek this week, but we'll see you next week to uh, find out what it is. Yeah, have a good one.